Sorry. So you're a music artist with plans to take over the world, huh? Yeah, duh. That's why I'm here. Well, you've come to the right place. Let's go. Welcome to the I Am Northbound podcast. Podcast. Your guide to dominating the new music industry. What is up, y'all? How you doing? And welcome to yet another episode of I Am Northbound. Merry Christmas. I mean, by the time you're hearing this, Christmas was a few days ago by now. But you know what I mean? It's like it's the new year in what, two days or so, depending on what day you're listening to this, but hope you had a fantastic Christmas. Did you eat too much food? Did you have to lay down? Did you uh, need a little afternoon nap? Because I think I would have, I'm guessing, because I'm recording this before Christmas, of course. I mean, I'm probably going to be unavailable for the next couple of weeks. So I'm recording these episodes in advance because you're probably thinking to yourself, hey, Jason, why do you still sound like you've got a cold and it's been weeks now? It's because I'm recording it the same day as I did the last week's episode. Um, to be able to like prepare them in advance for you all you know i don't want to miss any weeks then again thinking about it it's like will i miss the next week after this because i'm pretty sure i'm up the coast again but anyway <laughs> that's just life that's just how things are right um how have you been how is everything in your world have you did you have a great time are you looking forward to new year's do you have plans for new year's or are you the kind of person who's in bed before the new year rolls over i am normally in i'm in the middle ground okay because I like seeing friends on New Year's Eve and hanging out with them and stuff, but I'm definitely always tired by midnight and I don't care when it's midnight and I'm ready to go to bed when it's midnight. So, um, I think I'm in that middle ground there, but, um, I'm looking forward to New Year's this year because I, you know, my friend Trenton, who's in Hands Like Houses, uh, the band, we've done a few things in the past, depends how long you've been following me, but him and I have worked on things in the past. I'll be going to his farm and hanging out up there, New Year's there. I think we'll be staying the night, which is great. How good is it going out to the farm where it's like... It's like, how good is the lights? There's no like street lights or whatever. So the stars are just like amazing. So I'm going to look forward to that. But I hope you've got good plans for uh, New Year's as well. Um, I hope Santa was good to you as well. That would be, <laughs> that's really cool too, right? Um, so yeah, I mean, I've got a really cool episode planned for you today. Uh, this is the one I've promised for a couple of weeks now that I know a few guys, a few of few of you guys uh, have been pretty keen about hearing. And I mean, here it is, this week's episode. I'm going to be talking about the rules that I see um, from reading all the books I do. Uh, if you don't know, I am so immersed in all this type of stuff that I'm reading stuff all over the place all the time, whether it be books on sales and marketing or copywriting or advertising or business management or like studying businesses or studying music artists and music industry, music journeys of other uh, people, like how they got discovered, um, studying social networks, you know, case reports, case studies on other people as well. I'm just surrounded by Facebook groups all the time of people saying what's working, what's not like all the time, right? So, and I read a lot of self-help books as well because I think that a lot of people have some really important factors about how to navigate life through simplifying things, which is my life's much better since reading a lot of those books. So, uh, I do read a lot of content. I'll, I'll say content, not just books because it's news articles, it's blog posts, it's, you know, a lot of stuff, right? And on top of books and those types of things too, research papers too. That's a whole nother thing that i not industry, but that's a whole nother medium that I'm, I'm submerged in all the time. That's a good one, submerged, because I'm sometimes it can feel like I've been reading too much and I need to just clear, clear my mind because otherwise I'm just waking up and reading things all day. But anyway, I seem to notice the same reoccurring themes amongst these books, you know, and everything else too. It's mainly through the books I see these, but I guess books are people's uh, when they've got time to organize their thoughts 
from you know things they would maybe have just put out as an uh, you know a blog post or as a um, you know newspaper post or whatever they formulate their thoughts and write it into a book so i guess that's the best place to um st- to study to find these rules but i've i've seemed to notice five uh, five different yeah five concepts that recur amongst all of these books so there are a million books out there on a million different topics but it's really cool and interesting to think that they all kind of align on five different principles so me giving you these five today uh this is my personal thing that i even didn't i didn't even think about i did i I didn't even want not even want to but i I, never crossed my mind to actually talk about this publicly and then i was talking to my wife about it and she's like that's really interesting and i was like oh well you know if she likes it maybe you guys will too and then when i mentioned it a few weeks ago it seemed to be pretty exciting for some of you so uh, i'm glad to hear you're into it but these are my my i always seem to cross words over these are my five uh, or my um reasons my five reasons uh rules for life that i think all these books are trying to tell people that i try to live by because i feel like every time i'm reading a book i'll come across an important principle and I'll be able to categorize it into one of these five. And uh, yeah, me today is giving you like the dot points of what all these books seem to be saying. Now, obviously, you know, Chris Voss's book on Never Split the Difference, which is one of the best negotiation books I've ever read. Uh, he's actually, I thought it was going to be one of those, you know, I saw the book for a while and I heard people say it was great. And then I thought it was going to be one of those um you know, I'm a businessman and <laughs> what's the word? Um, I'm, I'm a businessman and I, I, uh, am a really strict negotiator and you know, those, I'm a cutthroat New Yorker. And I just thought it was one of those guys who took himself too seriously. And then when I read the book, I realized this guy is an ex FBI hostage negotiator. That is the coolest thing in the world. And all his thought, all his thoughts on negotiation, even if you do it in business or in real life, is so far against what other people are teaching. It's like, it's so interesting. Everyone's talking about yes ladders where you want people to be saying yes all the time. So that's why, you know, if a telemarketer rings you, they're like, hello, how are you today? Are you good? And you're like, yes. Because if you say yes, they think you're going to say yes again. Because there was a psychological study done that says that, you know, frames people and makes them keep nodding and they'll eventually keep saying yes. So they go, are you good? Yes, I'm well. Uh, have you, you know, you like clean water, right? Yes, I do like clean water. Well, you would hate it if your tap had dirty water coming out of it, wouldn't you? yes I would then you need to buy our water filtration service because blah 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 and they're hoping that you'll just say yes to that as well because you've said yes previously but Chris Voss always talks about getting to know and why no is so important because you know only after people say no they feel like they're in control of the conversation and everyone always just wants control so it's about giving people control so then you can redirect them after I mean I'm not here to tell you about specifically um, (laughs) never split the difference but uh, that's just one example of the information in these books, obviously that type of thing is super interesting, but that's outside of these five rules. So don't think that you don't have to go and read these books or that you shouldn't read them because I've just summed up all of them into these five points. I'm just saying that I seem to notice a recurring theme go throughout all of these books. So while there will be amazing little tidbits of information out there in these books, and you should definitely be reading all of the time, it's the best return on investment hands down like you can find books written by psychologists that even if you are able even if they were practicing because a lot of them aren't practicing by the time they write a book but even if they were and you were in their city and got in with them it would cost you hundreds of dollars per hour like now without them practicing to pay them to have to do a like to find out a you know to sit down with them and pick their brain might cost you thousands of dollars yet they release a book that has a lot of their thoughts in it and it's like twenty dollars right like 
best ROI ever is books. So get into reading if you haven't started reading already. So I don't want you to think that me giving you these five rules is kind of like enabling you to go, you know what? I don't even need to read because Jason just told me what's in every book. And that's not true. As I say, these are just the common themes I see throughout a lot of books, whether it be Tony Robbins, whether it be, um, you know, a marketing expert, whether it be, um, you know, whoever, there's a million different people I could mention right now, but whatever, the, anyone who's written a book, uh, it seems to have these same five principles. So let's get into it. I'll be adding to these, to this list as time goes on. So maybe in a future episode, maybe when I come up with another five, when it becomes 10, I'll do six through 10, six through 10 in another episode. How's that sound? But for now, let's talk about one through five. So the first rule that I see in all of these books, as I said, I've, I've thought a bit about what I'm going to say, but I'm pretty much just going to be off the top of my head with this. So strap in for the ride. Um, but the first rule that I see that I try to live by, that I insist that you try to live by too, and that I, that I commonly see throughout a lot of books that I read is to always case the building. Now, casing the building is a term that people use um, in heisting, like I guess robbers, when they go like try to steal from a bank. They don't just go in. I mean, at least the smart ones don't just go into a bank with a gun and say, give me all the money because that's just not the best way to go about it. What they want to do is they want to case the building. I was watching a thing on YouTube, I think, of an ex-bank robber talking about how he used to case a building. And it was like so, so interesting. He said that he used to go in and like um, sit in the building all day. So what he'd do is, is he'd wait to see at what time of the day the sun would come through the window and reflect off certain things to like make it difficult for the tellers in the bank to see the people in the um, bank because that's when he knew that that's where he could come in at that specific time the sunlight came in in a certain way that made it difficult for them to see so like it gave him the advantage so he wouldn't have known that unless he spent a lot of time casing the building so obviously there's way more to it finding out how many security guards there are um, their patrol routes um, you know where the security is or what the security situation is in the bank I mean I'm talking very specifically about robbing a bank here and by no means am I saying that you should go rob a bank but that's the level of um focus, but also level of, um, what's the word? Just the detail that they will go to, to focus in on, to focus, to case a building, like the intricate see intricacy um, of what they should be looking at, uh, you know, just a robber robbing a bank. So why aren't you doing that with your life? Why aren't you casing the building if you're not? So that's the number one rule. You should case the building with everything you do. So more or less, that means never go in unprepared. Um, a really, really good book that I recommend you pick up is called um, A Guide to Life on Earth. An Astronaut's Guide to a Life on Earth. I think I might have mentioned it recently, but it's by Chris Hadfield, who's an astronaut. And he's talking essentially about his life, what he's gone through and the rules he's learned being an astronaut, which is some of the most prepared, uh, you know, people in the world because they don't just go into space. They train for like nine months for like a three day thing in space. Like they, or, you know, they're up there longer than that, but still they put a lot of time and effort in to get into space and they spend days and days and days, maybe even months, I think, of being underwater in like a pool in a spacesuit for like eight hours a day just to get them accustomed to being in space. Like imagine that for your life. How boring would that be? But still, that's them being prepared. And he tries to challenge conventional thinking because a lot of times people say, you know, don't sweat the small stuff. Uh, but he actually has a chapter called Sweat the Small Stuff. And it's saying about how astronauts need to be prepared for every possible outcome. Uh, and i believe that too. Now, obviously when they say, um, you know, to, to focus on what the different outcomes that could arise from the position you're in, it doesn't mean that you should drive yourself mad trying to like, um, 
get too carried away with every possible outcome, getting carried away with what people might say this and what if things go there or whatever, because, you know, there's a fine line between letting it control you versus you being in control of it. But it's not about that. It's it's not about trying to get carried away with your thoughts. It's about preparing for what you're getting yourself into. So if you're going to meet with a potential manager, for example, don't just go in there thinking, well, this is what I'm going to say. Try to think as much as you can. Try to think about what they might say back and be prepared for their different responses. Uh, Chris Hadfield talks about in his book about how one time he got told that there was a, I think there was like, I might get this story wrong, but there's something about there was an air show and Elton John was playing and they had to kind of get permission from Elton John to see if it was all good for them to um, do the flyover or something like Elton John asked for it. But regardless, Elton John said, oh, you should get up on stage and t- like talk to everyone about like what this is about. So he was like, oh, imagine if Elton John asked me to play a song with him. And he's like, what song would he ask me to play? And he's like, probably would be rocket man right because that makes the most sense as, as i'm an astronaut so i'll learn rocket man so he spent forever learning on guitar how to play rocket man to be prepared just in case elton john asked him to play rocket man on stage and he could do it and he's like he didn't ask me to do it but you know i've if they I, you know, I know how to play rocket man now by elton john and i was prepared in the moment and i think that is the level of it just shows a new level of seriousness and that you take your position and your work and what you do seriously if you are that prepared. Now, obviously, that might sound a bit silly, but what if Elton John asked him to do that? He would be, you know, if he didn't know it, he'd have to turn that opportunity down. But if you're prepared for it, big things can happen, right? So I'm always trying to do that. I'm always trying to prepare about what the other person might say so I can have the right answer for them on the spot. I don't want to be caught off guard, or at least if I am caught off guard and don't have the answer, I know that that was just an area that I didn't prepare for, right? And I learned that for next time, but always be casing the building. All these books seem to say that too, is prepare for things you go into. Don't go into anything blind because if you are, if you go in without thinking, then the outcome isn't in your control. But if you go in with as much preparation as possible, while you may not be able to control the outcome in some situations, you at least have a hand on it and you'll be able to guide it to where you want to take it. Uh, And that's where you stay in control of the direction of where you're headed as a music artist. Okay. So everything you go into, be prepared um, and always case the building first. Okay. Don't, don't just go in and rob the bank. Make sure you know everything about the situation you're getting yourself into because everything matters in this industry. Okay. One meeting could be the difference between the rest of your life and back to square one. Okay. So, okay, so focus on what you're doing. Okay. And always case the building. So the second one, the second rule here, all I call it is get it done. Okay. That's, I used to have this as rule number one until I started to notice that you should always case the building and that's pr- before you get it done. So I'm trying to put them in like um, a bit more of a linear, uh, you know, one that makes sense to read them from one to five. But this used to be my number one rule. And I used to say to myself, this is where it all come from is the fact that I was reading books and they all pretty much just say, get it done. Like if you're finding it hard to like finish a project, get it done. If it's procrastination that's holding you back, you just have to get it done. Know that where you're moving toward is going to be better than the situation you're currently in. So therefore, you need to just get it done. Now, apologies, I'm getting a phone call. Um, But, you know, the podcast is more important. I'm not answering that. But you need to be getting it done. You straight up, uh, you can't sit around waiting for things. The reason that you aren't doing what you want to do is because you're not doing it. Okay? It's just about doing it. Like, 
it, people will sit back and say stuff like in the business world, oh, I'm just not making any sales. And people are like, how many cold calls are you making per day? And they're like, well, none. I didn't really, I don't really want to do cold calls. It's like, well, there's your issue. Get it done. Get on the phone and call people. You'll get 99 no's, but what if you get that one? Yes. I mean, you're not always going to get 99 no's, but you know what I mean? Like it's just a game of like numbers. And that's why the people who are prepared to do those calls are already making a lot of money because they're the ones who do it. Do you know what I mean? So just get it done. Whatever's holding you back right now, you just have to do it. That's the only way through it. There's no secret code that you're going to like, I don't know how to like get out there and like get people noticing my music and stuff like that. Um, so tell me what I've got to do so that it's, it's, so that just ha- like, that just occurs, like occurs, right? That just happens in, happens in my life. I just, some, like that just appears in front of me uh, and I don't have to do anything. It appears and I'm doing nothing about it. I want that to happen without any work put in. That's not going to happen, right? Sounds silly because it is silly. Couldn't even get through it without laughing. You have to do it. So when people be like, you know what? I, I just, I want more people to come to my shows. You're like, cool. How much promotion are you doing? Oh, I'm letting people know online when the show's on. It's like, yeah, you're letting people know. That's passive advertising. How much active advertising are you doing? How many people are you going around and saying, I'll give you a free beer if you come to my show, but you got to bring friends. And you're like, oh, okay, I'll come. And I'll, as long as I get that free beer, but it's no problems me bringing three people. It's a night out as long as I get, I get a couple of drinks. Yeah, yeah, no drummers. And they bring people. And that's more people you're playing to. Like think outside of the box, how you can bring people to your shows, what you can do. I mean, that's just one example, but just get it done, okay? You can't. That's the biggest wake up call. Nothing's going to happen without you putting the effort in. The world moves too fast for that. And you, you'll get left behind if you don't move forward. So always be getting it done. Now, rule three is to be a good person while you do it. Okay. A lot of people will take rule one and think that that means by any means necessary. And that's not true. You have to be a good person while you do it. And that's the, one of the biggest rules. This is my second rule ever. I, I genuinely used to say to myself, get it done and be a good person while you do it. So don't do anything that goes against your moral compass. Uh, don't do anything sketchy because it's always going to come back to bite you. Okay. You have to be straightforward. You have to be to the point. You have to do the, get it done. You have to do all of that. Right. But you have to do it the right way. You got to build relationships in this industry. So while you're out there getting it done, you've got to be a good person. You can't expect, like think of, everyone knows people that have always like snaked their way to the top of something, but they're not normally around for that long. And if they are, their legacy is damaged and they're not remembered as a good person. So be a good person while you do it. That's a pretty straightforward one. I don't need to go into too much more detail than that. But if you're going to get things done, you've got to be a good person while you do it. And all the books seem to say that as well. And everyone who's talking about things is always saying, look out for other people, right? Because I mean, genuinely, I've got a rule that, <sighs> yeah, I, this is actually six rules. I miscounted them and stuff. This, I'll say that one next, but I don't even have that one written down here, but I will say that one next actually. Yeah. I don't even know why it's not on this list. <laughs> My list is all over the place. It says one, two, two, three, five. So it's already in shambles, but, <laughs> but uh, yeah, number three is you have to do things right and be a good person while you do it. Because rule number four is that people only think of themselves. Okay. You have to, uh, no, hang on. Sorry. Rewind that. It is five rules still. It's just not written here because I changed the title of it. That is the next rule. I call it choose empathy. You have to understand that people only think of themselves. So you have to be empathetic. Now, people thinking of themselves is not necessarily a negative thing. Okay. I'm not saying everyone is selfish. This world sucks. I'm saying everyone is selfish because it's natural for us to be selfish. And selfish is usually used as an insult to be like, oh, all you ever do is think about yourself. I'm not saying all people do is think about themselves. I'm saying when they think, they immediately will default to thinking about themselves first, because that's just life. That's survival. Like if we didn't think of ourselves first, we wouldn't be here as a species, right? Because we have to survive. So we always try to find food. We always try to find water. We, you know, that type of thing. 
it, we have to actively think f- about other people and show empathy or you know that that goes not against our moral compass because I don't want to say that because it it works for society if we are empathetic but it's a it's a secondary thought to be empathetic so I want to make you uh, I want to encourage you to always choose empathy okay and the way that I think you be truly empathetic is to understand that the people you're talking to are thinking about them okay so put yourself in their shoes what are they thinking about their lives and speak directly to that so this is more like a marketing point as well as like a strategy of like empathy be empathetic to people but be more like literally empathetic like if you know that they're going to think about themselves if you like first before they can they like unconsciously think about themselves first. And then if they are aware of it, they go, Oh, I should think about other people too. But usually if someone's being sold to, they just think of themselves. Like, do I need this? Do I have the money? Am I able to make this commitment? Is this what I'm looking for? Are there better options out there that I would like better? It's all about themselves, right? It's not about, Hey, this salesman probably had a rough day. I'll make his life better by buying one. (laughs) That never works. You never think that, right? Because we naturally are selfish people and that's fine. It's, you know, I'm not using selfish as an insult there, but we, you know, we think about ourselves. I'll say it that way. So if you are able to be truly empathetic about some uh, towards someone, you will understand that their life has a specific circumstances. And if you're advertising to your audience, what are they thinking? Where are their objections with what you're asking them to do? Why would they say no? Think about those and address those in your message so that you can truly resonate with them and show them empathy. I try to do that with you guys. Now, it's not to be persuasive or manipulative or anything like that. It's because I genuinely try to get in the minds of where you're at so I can provide you the best content as possible. A lot of the times it's where I've been too. That's why I say things like, I know how it feels when no one comes to your shows. I know how it feels to try every single day to put music out there and people aren't responding because I've been there and I totally get it. And maybe that's the reason you listen to this podcast because you think, you know, Jason kind of gets me in a way. I've heard some of you say that to me. Like, I feel like you just get me. I've known you for like, you know, I I met you a couple of times online or whatever, but like, I feel like I've known you for ages because of your podcast. And that's amazing. And I love that so much because it goes to show that I'm able to get in your head in the right way. Um, you know, that <laughs> sounds weird. It sounds like I know what you're thinking about. I know, but I can kind of assume uh, the problems you might be facing as a music artist and you try to throw stuff out there. And if people don't respond to it, then you know that that's not how people are feeling. Anyway, you've got to be empathetic. You've got to choose empathy. You can't expect to just be empathetic. You have to actually actively think about the, the minds of your listener and where they're currently at and what you can provide to them to make them want to follow you up with you and to do things with you. Okay. So let's just recap up to this point. We've got always case the building, just get it done. Be a good person while you do it and choose empathy, right? Now, number five is a really cool point that I think to wrap this all up is like the fifth great point is uh, I've got it written down as act like you've been there before. So I can say now that the biggest things I've ever done in my life, I might not have actually earned some of them. Um, now, I don't want that to sound deceptive or anything like that, but there's that small little voice, right, that creeps in that says, you don't deserve this. There's someone way more qualified for you out there, right? Like everyone thinks that, oh, you know, you, you, this, this should go to someone else. You're not. You're probably going to stuff it up. But the thing is, is that, yeah, sure, there might have been someone out there that deserves the positions or things I've gotten or the opportunities more than me. But that doesn't mean that I'm not like the stuff I've done in my life. I've done enough to get me to that point. Now, if you're even considering going for something big, it's because you're ready for it. You know, I'm not thinking about winning a Grammy because I'm not writing music and I'm definitely not at that level. Right. So it's like 
I wouldn't even be considering that. But if I was for some reason, like, you know what? I think I should go for winning a Grammy. It'd be because there's something in me that thinks I could do that. So it's the same thing. If you've got that thought of like a, a crazy idea, it's probably because you're ready to at least go for it. And if you're going to go for it, you've got to act like you've been there before. I've landed some pretty big opportunities in my life by making a phone call and acting like it was just another phone call in my day. Like I've done it a hundred thousand times. And I was like, Hey, like, this is just a normal phone call. Like I've, you know, obviously spoke professionally and courteously, but I acted like I'd been there before, even though it was my first time ever talking to someone about an opportunity like that. And I guess the confidence of acting like that it's not a big deal and it's just something you do every single day, it makes people feel like, okay, well, then this is something that I'm prepared to get into. So you have to act like you've been there before because if you try to release music or get up on stage or like organize events for your fans or whatever like that, and you act like you haven't done it before, that unsurety is pretty easy to see sometimes. And people might go, oh, I don't know, maybe it doesn't look too firm. But if you're just like, hey, oh, you're not firm, but like, stable and then if you're just but if you act like you've been there before and you're like this is just another day people are like oh well i've got to get in on this because you know i can't miss out on it because they they trust it right now there's i could dive into a ton of things of behavioral psychology and why people need to find that form of trust before they commit to anything but this is one of the ways to build that trust is to show confidence because it goes to show you know you know what you're doing can you imagine if i don't know there's like a you know in the movies where you know the like jungle bridges that are like a missing um you know, wooden slats or whatever. And like when they walk across them, like they fall and they go all the way down into like the the running rapids below. If you were with someone and they were just like, hey man, uh, do you want to try going across this bridge? Like, I think that it uh, should be fine. I mean, yeah, I mean, it should be fine. I've done all the research and I think it should be good. You're probably not getting on that bridge, right? But if someone was like, hey, this is just another day, let's go across it. You'd be like, oh, okay, I'm following you. It's the exact same thing, right? You have to act like you've been there before because people look for a leader that's confident. So showing that confidence allows you to get big opportunities. But sometimes that also means if you want to support for a show, ring up and act like you've rang up for a million supports before. Speak as if you've done it a hundred thousand times and be like, hey, I'm just looking to inquire about this and I want to see about getting on a support. You know, obviously don't lie. I'm not saying that. Don't act like you've been there before by saying, hey, I've been on a thousand shows like this before. If you've never, if you have a thousand shows, right? It's, it's like, if you've never done it before, that's a silly, silly move. But uh, don't lie. Be, uh, be a good person while you do it. That's rule number three. But act like you've been there before and uh, you will see much bigger opportunities. Now, I really think those are the five rules for getting anything done in life. Always case the building. So plan things before you do it. Then when you do it, just get it done. Just get up and do it. You're going to fail. That's that's part of life. Expect failure because it's something to learn from. You're going to be told no, but you won't ever be told yes if you aren't prepared to hear no a few times. But maybe you hear yes the first time. Who cares? Just get it done. Don't sit around and think that someone's going to do it for you. Third, be a good person while you do it. Okay? Nothing happy, good happens to people that don't. Uh, you know, or as I said, even if they might get away with it for their whole, they get away with a whole life, um, get away with a whole life and people think that, oh, you know, good things never happen to good people. But those, you know, they get, they get what theirs in the end. They get what is theirs in the end, if that makes sense, get what's coming to them. And then number four, choose empathy. So think uh, about the person you're trying to serve and get in their mind and make sure that you're providing them something that genuinely benefits their lives. This is a real true point about providing the greatest thing you can for the people you're trying to help is to think about in the first place what they're thinking. Try to join that conversation that they're already having with themselves and uh, direct them away from that conversation into what you want them to be thinking. And that's like rule number one of persuasion, right? It's all about trying to, uh, to redirect them from where they currently are. And you can't redirect someone 
problem without understanding them first or being where they are. So choose empathy, be active in that. And number five, whenever you do anything, act like you've been there before, because that's the confidence that's going to help you get bigger things happening in your life. So anyway, I hope you like this episode. Those are the five rules I try to live by. Um, and I really genuinely believe that the stuff I read seem to always be able to be categorized into those five different points. Um, I did have a couple of you say that you liked whenever I reference books that I've read, like the thing I did before about Chris Voss with his book. And when I talked about, um, you know, the, an astronaut's guide to a, to life on earth. Um, yeah. What do you think about that? Do you like when I do that kind of stuff? Cause I could do, I mean, not for a full episode, but maybe, or maybe I do an episode where it's just, I can get them all out of the way and be like the five best books that I read last year and give you re- reading recommendations that I think you could benefit from. Because being a music artist is so much more than just reading books on the music industry. I know that a lot of people are like, oh, what good books on the music industry are there? And my answer is, there is only one, baby. And it's the 4D songwriter, How to Dominate the New Music Industry. Get your copy of the 4D songwriter. No. You know what? It's Christmas time. So if you want a copy of the 4D songwriter, I can't afford to send you a physical copy because it costs me way too much money if you don't pay the shipping on it um, per copy. But if you want a like a PDF version for free, hit me up and I'll send it to your email free of charge. Not even like there's no catch whatsoever. It's my Christmas present to you. So if you want that book, I want it to help you with your music journey. So let me know and I'll send you a PDF copy. The only condition is, is that you have to promise to read it. But anyway, um, it's not just about reading books on the music industry. So if you want really uh, like good other books that I've read that I think music artists could benefit from, I could do that in a future episode. But anyway, have a fantastic New Year's. Uh, maybe that's your resolution is to try to stick by these five rules. I might print, uh, pr- put them onto a printable document and put it out online somewhere so you can like print it and have it by your desk or something like that and live by them. Because I think maybe that's the, maybe those are the I am Northbound principles. We'll all live by those same five rules and I'll uh, see what good we can bring to the world. But anyway, have a fantastic New Year's. This is the last time you hear from me in 2019 and I'll see you in 2020. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the I Am Northbound podcast. You made it all the way to the end. I hope you loved it. Why not check out another episode? I'm sure you can find one right below wherever you found this one. But before you do, make sure you subscribe if you haven't already. And it would mean the world to me if you could either leave a rating and a review for this podcast or share it out to your followers. That act of kindness goes so much further than you may think. It helps me help more music change the world. 